This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hallelujah. Father, that's what we declare this morning, Lord, that you are a holy God. And we thank you that as your people, we can be before you, Lord, and worship you together, Lord. And we thank you for the freedom that you have given us in Jesus, Lord. We thank you for the boldness we have to be in your throne room and that you have, Lord, not forsaken us, but that you are faithful, Lord. And we want to bless you for your faithfulness and your goodness and your kindness towards us. Thank you, Lord, that you are building your kingdom and you are building your church, Lord, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And this morning, Lord, we come to consecrate our hearts, our lives, our thoughts to you, and we say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here in Stellenbosch as it is in heaven. We want to thank you, Father, that we can be called children of God. We're not slaves. We're not orphans. We're not foreigners. We are citizens of heaven. And we want to thank you, Lord, that we look to you. We look to you, Father, and we thank you for the freedom we have. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Great stuff. Good morning, everyone. It's great to see some of you. And um, I already did a bit of, uh, not Heisbesuch, but car visit. That's um, probably the new new thing for the week. But um, <clears throat> won't you just greet somebody in the car next to you and say, hey, uh, you should wash your car. Or uh, maybe uh, I like that smile on your face. Introduce yourself to some people. Uh, if you want to switch on your car and just put on your aircon, please do that because it's very hot for some people in the middle. The shady people on the side, we forgive you. With the four by fours, you are right there. But let's just give a minute for each one to um, just switch on the car and put on the aircon. You can do that if you want to. Um, what a privilege to still gather as the church. If you don't have aircon, Farney. And uh, Nicholas, then get into another car because I know it's very hot for some people. And it looks like Peter and Eva that's standing in the shade on the side. She's a pregnant lady, so never, never mess with the pregnant lady. I mean, um, <clears throat> but it's great to see some of you. And um, also those people online, there's lots of students connecting in and, and zooming in. So we are excited uh, to still be able to gather. We have lots of favor with the uh, heads of police here in Stellenbosch. So we ask their permission and with some other people. So it's great to be still um, gathering, but not formally gathering in that sense. Um, I'm going to jump straight into it because I know for some people it's very hard, but our uh, theme scripture for this year we find in Matthew chapter 6. And um, It's uh, the old chapter. You can actually read it in the beginning. It starts with uh, our father prayer. Then it talks about fasting. And uh, Jesus gives us a lot of principles by which the kingdom uh, must operate. And so uh, to be kingdom minded is so important in this time because a lot of things are being shaken. A lot of people are being challenged. Uh, And then here in the end of the chapter, uh, Jesus begins to talk about uh, worrying, you know, and uh, some translations talks about the word worry, but some says uh, to be careful. Uh, and I know 
uh, when you have small children, sometimes, especially moms, they always say to their children, be careful, be, be careful, um, take care of. Um, so that's another angle that some translation says. Uh, but to take too full care of your life means that you um, sort of are going to be challenged towards uh, getting worried about stuff or being anxious about things. And so the the antidote or the vaccine uh, to get the virus of worrying out of your life is to seek first the kingdom and God's righteousness. Seek first the kingdom and God's righteousness. So worrying isn't, it doesn't say, hey, pray more, fast more, do a lot of other things. But to not worry or not to be anxious or fearful in your life is, hey, get into seeking God's kingdom first. And it's a big challenge for a lot of people. I'm going to give three names or three things. Uh, and then I want you to quickly in the car where you are, if you are with people, say something that comes to mind. The first thing that comes to mind when I say this thing. Okay. So if I say kingdom, what do you think of? Quickly share it with somebody next to you or in the car. If I say kingdom, what is the thing you think of firstly when you say the word kingdom? Okay, the second word is righteousness. What do, you, what do you think if we say the word righteousness? Okay, the third word, and this is a very deep one, pizza. What do you say when I say pizza? Thank you, Vaynant. Vaynant says it's a, it's a spinach pizza, but we, um, we don't go for that one. But let me read here in Matthew 6 from uh, verse 32 for 31. Therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. There's actually seven things that Jesus talked about. You can go and study it. Um, that, and he, he sort of starts and he challenges us with this whole concept. And he says, oh, you have little faith. He says, if you are going to build your life around worrying and taking care of your life, you're almost trading it. I'm trading it off for something else much bigger. And that is the kingdom of God. And so to experience the kingdom of God is simply the reign of Jesus. That's what the kingdom of God refers to. I don't know if you've sometimes met people, they say, hey, I'm a kingdom business guy. And then you think like, oh, no, but Jesus doesn't reign here. You actually reign. Um, it's lots of people are walking around with the Bible and saying kingdom here, kingdom there. But we're going to look at where does the kingdom come first and how does the kingdom come? And it is so important. Um, to look at that, and next week we're going to talk about righteousness. What does it mean to be righteous before God? Because the challenge of righteousness is that we want to become self-righteousness, me meaning that we want to be self-righteous in doing our own thing. You know, I, I'm this or I'm that or I've achieved that, but that's self-righteousness. But there's another righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. And so Matthew 6 is such a beautiful uh, chapter. You can actually read from Matthew chapter 4 that challenges us on the kingdom and the righteousness. Another scripture, uh, because at a stage the Pharisees and uh, even the disciples themselves, they wanted 
to reign with Jesus physically. But did you know that God does not promise us a life of happiness? Uh, he doesn't promise us a life of prosperity. And so when we went to Malawi, uh, there was one Stephen, and please pray for him, Stephen. He's a bit sick with COVID, and um, he's in hospital at the moment. But it was so amazing to look at all these churches, big churches, but they're all preaching prosperity. They just say, hey, if you give, then God is going to give more, blessed down, shaken together, running over. And so the prosperity gospel is taking so much root in, in the Western world and also in the poorer countries. Because there's something that, that sort of we all want, you know, we, 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 all, we all want more. Uh, but the challenge is, are we eternally minded? And so God's prosperity starts first in a life in Jesus an abundance in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, I am the life. You know, he doesn't say, I'm going to give you life. So life outside of that relationship with Christ cannot be the kingdom. And so Jesus also said this uh, when the Pharisees asked him in Luke chapter 7, verse 20 to 21. He says, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. The kingdom of God does not come with studying. The kingdom of God doesn't come with spectating. With observation, if you observe something, if you're like a scientist, you're sitting and you're looking at this thing, you're analyzing it, you're getting the rules of how this experiment should work. But the kingdom never comes with observation. The kingdom comes with obedience. The kingdom comes when you and I seek the kingdom. When we go out there and we step out, and that's the challenge for the church in the West at the moment, there's a lot of observation happening. But that's why our prayer life, our obedience to God, our crying out to God, that's where the kingdom starts. And it starts in you. And this is what he says. He says, nor will they say, see here or see there. The kingdom, secondly, doesn't come through an event. Look, here's the kingdom. Or look, there's the kingdom. Look, yo, yo, at, at Shofar, the kingdom is there, you know. No, he says, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. <laughs> That's where the kingdom starts. And the kingdom of God is here in your thought life. It's in your emotions. That's where it starts. Is where Jesus reigns in the individual's life and in the, in the community's life. And so the kingdom starts tomorrow morning when you wake up. And what do you think when you think about God? What do you pray about? What is, what is your mindset towards? And so that's where the kingdom comes. The kingdom is not through an event. The kingdom is not through a breakthrough. The kingdom is not in a healing. That is just the fruit of the kingdom in our lives. But the kingdom comes simply when you encounter God and He begins to reign in your life. Can I get an amen? A hoot. Okay. So, so the challenge for us is when you and I seek the kingdom, the question is how do you seek the kingdom first in your life? Not how do I seek a good marriage or how do I seek a good this or how do I seek good relationships or how do I seek a good husband or how do I seek first the reign of the king in our lives. And that's why the Pharisees, the disciples, everyone was saying, when is the kingdom going to come? Because they were under Roman rule, under Roman oppression. And then God said, hey, no, no, 
it's not through observation. It's not by looking at what I'm doing as Jesus. It's, it's not looking there or going there or this breakthrough or that thing. It's simply, it starts in your heart. It starts in your mind. It starts with the peace and the joy and the fullness of God. And so that's why, you know, when we were in Malawi, um, we were reading this thing and talking through something. And, and so when you look at the fruits of the Spirit, do you know that Galatians 5.22 says long-suffering, peace, joy, kindness, goodness, self-control. Um, I always think like, yeah, yeah, I'm good at maybe self-control and maybe this thing, but I'm not good at. But if you want the fruit of the Spirit in your life, you either have all of them or you have nothing. That's what the Scripture actually says. So it's a massive standard in our lives uh, is when we start to live and the King reigns in your heart, in your prayer life, in your dream life, in your, in your workplace. That's where the kingdom starts. And so the challenge is what are you trusting God for for this year? What are we trusting God for for the kingdom in Stellenbosch? Because there where you work, there where you have your family, there where you have your extended, where you go shopping, that's, that's where the kingdom comes, when you and I go there, when you and I trust God and say, Lord, I want your reign to come because maybe these people are fighting, but I'm going to be a man of peace. I'm going to be a woman of peace. I'm going to pray over my children. I'm going to trust the Lord to have a different way of thinking, even when the whole country is in fear, so many people are just speaking COVID and Corona, and those things are real, especially in this time where we're living. We're hearing of people that's dying. We're hearing of a lot of stuff, but are we kingdom-minded? Are we like, yes, but I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I have the joy of the Lord. I can walk in it. And then the last scripture I want to read, we're going to try to be short today because it is, is hot, yeah? And um, I'm not talking about my length. I'm talking about the sermon. But Romans chapter 16, verse 14 to 7. Now, I don't receive that amen of somebody that hooted, but the Lord bless you. Hallelujah. My angel is at least very tall. So Romans 16, verse 14 to 17. And this is... I think probably the biggest challenge for the church in the West because uh, the writer writes and he's challenging the church because they had this massive freedom. They realized like, hey, our salvation brings us so much freedom, so much life in abundance. And, um, and they started to let go of the rules of what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. But then there's almost a bit of a rebuke in Romans chapter 16, verse 14. He says, I know and I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, so he's fighting about what they should eat or not eat, and some were offending others through what they were eating, and, what, and so it says, you are no longer walking in love. So verse 15, yet if your brother is grieved, because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. So it's very hard words. It says like, yeah, you can go on eating and you are so free, but you know what? You're actually destroying your own witness and you're destroying the power of community and what God has called you to do. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For you serves Christ, 
in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. So he's writing in the context of where these people are fighting over, should we eat this or that? And then there were this group that were just like, yeah, let's just eat whatever we want to. And so it's a very practical thing, but a very challenging thing. Because for us, we grow up very individualistic. And I think if you would go to the average, especially older people, and you ask like, who's the real friends in your life? Then many people are struggling with real friendship, real accountability, real community. And this is what the writer is challenging on. He says, hey, we can do all these things, but you know what? The kingdom comes when we walk in this love that Christ has given us and when we really pursue godly relationships, but not just, hi there, brother, how are you? I'm blessed. Are you blessed? And they be like, yeah, 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 you know, how are you doing? No, 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 I'm fine, you know. It's not superficial relationships. It's relationships that are built around the kingdom of God. And so our challenge, even in church, is that many times we come to an event and we say, that's church. But our challenge should be like, how do I do the Our Father, Our Father in heaven, not the My Father, the Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And so the key here is simply that he writes on, he says, the kingdom cannot come just through an individual, never. God has not designed us for one person, one great superstar in the kingdom. You need other people to see the kingdom with them and through them, and it's going to come in a community. And that's why he says here in verse 19, he says, Therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace, and the things by which one may edify another. And so edification and challenging people, and we saw that last year, edification is not just say, hey, I want to bless you, but it's also exhortation. It's like you have to challenge people to walk in that road. And, and so you and I can never experience the kingdom if we think it's just going to be a, an alone thing. It's just going to be you or just me or even just your family. That's why the church of Jesus Christ is the answer for the world. That's why a community and living in that space with other people where you sometimes are vulnerable, where sometimes people can say, hey, no, you're, you can eat what you want, but you know what? You're offending other brothers or you're offending other sisters. So that edifying isn't just feeling good, but real accountability, real community. And this is being shaken in the church in the West. And I think we all know what's happening in America. A lot of Christians there, and I'm going to say it straight, you know, are worshiping Trump more than what they're worshiping Jesus. <laughs> you know, Trump, Donald Trump isn't the salvation for America. Jesus is, you know. And, if, and I'm going to say this is maybe going to offend some people, but if God appointed Biden, then hey, do you know what? The kingdom is still going to come. Can I get an amen? But see, now you see a lot of Christians, they will criticize and fight for the cause, but the question is, will they pray for Biden? Will they say, okay, Lord, I trust you that you can save that man and still use him because your kingdom is much bigger. You appoint people and you 
you, you're going to see the, the kingdom is going to come, whether there's a politician, conservative politician or not, because there's another set of values. And so this is what the right is fighting about. It's called the principle of love. And a lot of people are missing the kingdom because they want to highlight their doctrine, their experience, but then they violate the relationship principle of love. They violate that place where you say, like, sure, I can't just walk away from my relationships because I've got different doctrines. Because then you actually deceive. And so this is what is being challenged in every community and in the Christian community. And that's why we have to pray and say, God, we need to gather as the church. Because the church is not an online service. The church is not something out there. The church and the kingdom comes when we edify one another when we live together in each other's space and the kingdom comes through us. The kingdom is in us, but it comes through us as a corporate group of believers, the Our Father. So let's keep on praying, but let's also realize that there's a massive challenge because the kingdom cannot just come through you. The kingdom just cannot come through me. It comes when we, as the church, operate in love. And isn't that what Jesus said? They will know them, the world will know us by the love that we have for one another, that we're disciples because we love one another, because there's another set of values, another way of living for the church when the kingdom comes. So I want to admonish and challenge us and, and say, hey, let's pursue relationships. So even in this time, you know, if you meet in a restaurant, meet with your small group in a restaurant, you know, meet with other people, don't forsake the ne don't neglect and forsake the gathering of the saints. Because when we come together, I don't know if you've had sometimes, you know, there's, um, <clears throat> I'm going to use his name, Kevin. Kevin is here and Theo was sitting here. And so I just drank coffee with him this week. And I just, <clears throat> I was so just challenged, but also like very excited. Why? Because um, I was sort of discouraged about something I heard from somebody else. And then I saw these two guys and we were chatting and we're talking and we're talking about Christ and the kingdom of God. And it was like, wow, you know, and, and I realized like, wow, that's, that's what happens when the believers come together. That's when we send WhatsApps and we challenge each other and we live with the love that we have. But that love isn't just a feel good love. That love is a challenge to see the kingdom of God come because Part of that love is a sacrifice, but also an obedience to do the will of God. So I want us all, as we're going to end with one song, but I want us to pray the Our Father prayer together. I want you, if you're sitting in a car with somebody, to say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You're in Stellenbosch through our lives as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. I want to give you some homework. And I, I'm going to ask you to pray that prayer again. But when we get together, take communion and pray the Our Father prayer. And ask the Lord to reveal in us and birth in us a desire 
for the our father but the kingdom of god together because that's where unity starts that's where when we agree on the kingdom of god and the will of god and for some marriages here that's going under tough times and strain just come together take communion and pray the our father prayer say father you've put us together for a bigger purpose than just having kids and trying to be happy You've put us together for a purpose to see the kingdom of God come. And Lord, we can't do it without being righteous before you because it's the righteousness that Jesus gives. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.